Hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the Beloved One. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ, as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him we have also received an inheritance, because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Ooh, I'm going to bump into that. Well, um, Glad that didn't fall. Uh, it's a privilege uh, to open God's Word today, um, and I'll tell you. Uh, and again, I, I kind of the idea of me being up here uh, and doing this is is crazy. Um, but this this is uh, I feel like I'm I am an example of the redemptive power of God. So I'm just grateful to be up here, and I'm grateful um, that it that this is what I'm, that I'm talking about. Because as I, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to Hannah recount all of this stuff. It, it is. It, it is like a flowing over. It was a. It was like a bath that we just. We, we all just got. Um, so I'm, I'm. I'm grateful that this is what we get to talk about today. Um, so I don't know about you, but I am. I'm. I'm really into like being a part of something. Um, I like to be a part of a team. I like to be a part of like a, a group of people. I'm very mission oriented, so I really. I need a task. Hey, go do this, and we gather people together to go do this. Or whether it's a part of like even supporting a team, like. Well, I, I don't like soccer, but I guess I'll go watch my daughter's soccer game. And then all of a sudden, I started liking soccer. Um, but there's, there's a part of that, like, well, I'm going to go and do this because it's what I want to go do. And then when you, when you do have a, a, something that you're passionate about, you might wear purple shoes, Brandon, like you have for your Baltimore Ravens that you're following, I just noticed. Um, and so then you start, then you notice that, then if you see somebody else that has a Baltimore Ravens, you, you're, you're kind of gravitated towards that. Or you see somebody that's got a Cape Cod shirt on, you're like, oh, I've been to Cape Cod. So then there's a collective part of that, and then there's, of course, the cause itself. 
It's like, whatever you're going to go do, you're going to go support something, you're going to go do something, you're going to accomplish that. And, you know, I feel that way when we, when we go feed the athletes at Carolina High. When I'm driving there, I, I feel like I'm, I'm excited about not only getting together with the people that do it, but also to seeing the faces on the kids when they, they get after a hard practice to go eat you know, some good food. Um, and so there's that, that, again, that individual piece, there's the fellowship of us being together, and then there's actually seeing the kids and interacting with the kids when they do that. And same thing with student ministry on Wednesday nights. Um, there's, there's just the, the collection of the individual, there's the, us, us as a team doing it, and then there's actually doing it. Well, and, and you're like, well, what does that got to do with the verses that Hannah just read? Well, the, the, the overarching piece of what those verses say, we are united with Christ. We are united with Christ, Christ when we believe, and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us say, is what saves us. And that's the personal piece that we have. I mean, clearly, you know, the idea of what Jesus did on the cross, what he did is, a, is personal to each and every one of us. But look, we're all here. So he gathers his people together in the church, and so we, we, we are here this morning to hear God's word and, and to fellowship together and to worship him he brings us together as a group. And then what he also does is that, unbeknownst to us, we're actually, us being right here right now, we're a part of a greater plan that God has for us. So there's this individual piece, there's this corporate piece of us all being together, and us being together like that, and even when our individual piece, is that we are displaying God's great glory, grace, and mercy, and we are on display for the rest of the world, for his, not only for his own goodwill and his good pleasure, but he wants to use us as a masterpiece. He wants to use us as a showcase to draw other people in. And praise God for that. Let's, let's, let's pray as we, we start opening this up. Heavenly Father, as we open your word this morning, I ask that you speak to us with the words and encouragement that you want us to hear individually. But this is a rich text, and the language that you directed inspired Paul. 2,000 years ago enriches us today. Show us the depth of your love, your plan for us individually and as a part of your larger plan for your church and for your creation. Show us the vastness of the grace and mercy you pour out on us and the close personal attention that you give each of us and every one of us here today. You care about us. You want us to call you Father and for us to be your children and that we belong to you. Show us how we belong today. Let us rejoice in belonging, be united with Christ as a greater part of the plan that you have for the world you created. Help us to get out of our own way and to put all our faith and trust in you for what you have for us. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, two, one, I got the water here, you know, like cringing. And the other good thing is I got a clock on the back end. I'm not going to pay attention to it. Sorry. Um, you know, here's the thing. When Will, Will said, well, you're going you're gonna to teach today, what do you want? It was like dealer's choice. What do you want to teach? And I was like, I want to teach something in Ephesians. And so then he looked on the Bible app and says, so the verses for today were, guess what? These that we just looked. So it was divine intervention. Um, it is divine intervention. But Ephesians is very, um, it's very powerful to me. It's something that I read once a month. I just will sit down. It's only six chapters. It takes about 20 minutes. And you read through it, and it's the framework. It's the part of what I need. There's a part of reading the Psalms. There's a part of reading the Gospels and just hearing, you know, reading through Jesus' prayers. 
that are you know that, that stir us. But there's a part of Ephesians. It's the framework of what God has done for us, what God has done for us collectively, and then what God has done. What part of a bigger plan that we are part of? And I don't know. That's just a. I, I need a structure. I need. I need that feeling um, of just being a part of something else. And and the book of Ephesians does that. Now, um, um, this is. I, I don't need to be. I need to be respectful of your time. What I started off and where I've ended, completely different. Because there's so much stuff in Ephesians. And again, I'll, I'll do my best to stick with the clock. But there's three points I want to talk about. And I think I've, I've already said it a couple of times already. It's like There's the individual piece of our salvation. There's the individual piece of what Jesus has done for us and, and how what he has done for us allows us to be in the presence of God. Our sin separates us from God. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection allows us to he pays for our sins so that we can be in fellowship with him. And then he brings us all together. And then how he, God uses us as chosen people uh, to love him with our hearts, souls, and minds and to love each other and then to be on display to draw others into his kingdom. And so if we, if we could put up the first slide... Um, got that up there. So I don't have a lot of slides, but I got a couple. Uh, and the last one is the best one. So I'm going to walk through these slowly. We're going to walk through the text slowly. And there's two things I want you to kind of keep in mind. One is, there is throughout this, he, he, the Apostle Paul will, will drop in there about um, that this is for God's great pleasure. It's the pleasure of his own will. And then there's another piece that every time he says this is the gift, or this is something that marks us or identifies us, it's in him or through Christ. You know, the one thing apart is one thing about Ephesians is very clear is that what our position being united with Christ and our position with God is nothing about any work that we did. It's all work that God did and it's work that Jesus did. So the first word in this is blessed. You know, and blessed is, you know, in, in, in verse three it says this blessed is the glory I'm sorry, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. So there's that kind of marker at the end. We are blessed, we are blessed in Christ. And when we think about the word blessed, it's something that's given to us, or it's something we feel like we don't really deserve. Uh, but God puts us in, so one of the blessings could be as simple as this, is putting someone else in your sphere of influence, or someone else, in your um, the, the, that you know and you, you come to encounter on a day and day basis, that you think you've been put in that that person's been put in your life that you're supposed to do something for them, and actually you find out that they actually were going to bless you with something that they're going to share with you. So the whole idea of the blessing is something that we don't necessarily um, deserve, but when he binds us together as a church. There's that collective nature of how he intersects our lives. And it's interesting to look back on that and see, uh, like, oh, years, remember when I first met this couple and how, what a, a great blessing they've been to us. But what also God does is he em empowers us the, with the blessings, the spiritual blessings. He empowers us not only to manage, but to overcome the brokenness of this world. And so it says the spiritual blessing. It, it doesn't say that we get um, perfect health. It doesn't say that we get um, uh, earthly riches. It's nothing like that. And, and so the idea of the spiritual blessings that he gives, um, they, they help us in this world and how we do it. And i got two things I'm going to share with you about this. And uh, warning, I get emotional. You all know that. I get emotional about things. So I have a niece and nephew. Oh, man. 
they just lost uh, their first child. They had him for 37 days and um, complications with birth, and they knew they weren't going to happen for very long. And, uh, and they, they, they lost him right after Thanksgiving. Um, and they stood, I guess it was two weeks ago, they stood uh, in their church in Spartanburg, and they were talking about, I mean, they just, everyone's bawling their eyes out. And, and Kendall and Victor were up there, and they were talking about how God had answered prayer. And you're going, what? He just lost his child. And he said, well, they didn't answer the prayer that my, our son would be healed. They, they talked about all the other prayers that had been answered along the way, that, they would, that he would be well enough to breathe on his own to come home. That was a prayer that was answered. They talked about how that he would be well enough to come to Thanksgiving, which is the gathering of our family, and he was. And then the other one that, 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 that was that he, they knew he, was gonna, he wasn't going to make it, and there were some decisions they were going to have to make as adults, uh, as parents, that he would, he would never want to be in that position to make those decisions. And so they just kind of said, let's just see how the night goes. And they were, you know, the prayer that was answered was that they didn't have to make that decision. He passed peacefully that night. But they stood on that stage, and it was the, the spiritual blessings that they have as believers that gave them the ability to praise God and to, and to talk about, in the light of their grief and their misery, um, that God answers prayer. And it was an incredible um, in, inspiration to me. I mean, it's the kind of thing that just shakes you. And so the other one is here is that, Jackie, you just lost your son. And, you know, two days after that, you're here and you're worshiping. And a week later, you're here worshiping and, and worshiping and, being, and, and leading worship for us and being an inspiration to that. And that, again, that's, that's the spiritual blessings that God gives. It's like, see, I got to be at church. And that is, again, um, it is the kind of thing that inspires and it equips us and it gives us, um, it, 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 gives, it helps us be, realize how we are united with Christ. These next three, chosen, predestined, and adopted, are kind of loaded uh, words loaded, I guess, is because it, it could, it, there's a lot of dis- different differences that we could think about this. But in, in verse 4, it says this, For he chose us in him, that's the in him part, before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless and love before him. And so when we just think about that word chosen, it's selected, set apart, thought of and taken. You know, you, when you choose somebody on the team, you would never pick me for basketball. But you choose somebody, you say, Look, uh, yes, you're on my team. And so when we look around right here, like even today, you know, the people that are here, you chose to be here. You made a conscious decision to be here. And God brought us together for a reason for that, not only for just to be a part of, of this community, uh, but to be a part of this collection of believers. And so the chosen part, um, I mean, I feel that. I feel this idea, this, the family part of what we feel together. And so in verse 5, and I'm going to come back to the, the cornerstone part, uh, that he says, like, in verse 5, he says this, he says, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavishes on us in the Beloved One. And so the two things in there, through Christ, this, this, this what is being predestined and adopted is, is through Jesus Christ, and it's according to his will. But let's think about this. So today is not the sermon on predestination. It's not. Um, if you say, well, I don't know if I believe in predestination, if you believe in the Bible, you do, because this is the word that's used. I mean, Ephesians, chosen, elected, 
predestined, all of that stuff is in here. So when you say about um, predestined, the previous verse, it says, before the foundations of the earth. And this is, this is the part, before the foundations of the earth. Well, that's before I was ever thought of. So clearly, before the foundations of the earth, he chooses, predestines us, and he adopts us before we can show how great we are. Before we can sit there and say, well, how worthy am I? So he chose us before that, so clearly it's not our performance. But I would say this is what rings home with me more, is that it's not that my performance is the opposite of that. It's like before he predestined me and chose me before my failure, before the shame of my rebellious living, he chose us. And so that, that gives me comfort. Or even to know this, and some of you may have had, it's not that you had, you had failures that other people failed you. Other people hurt you in a way that causes shame. You feel like, how can God love me? Before the foundations of the earth, before any of that ever happened, he chose you. And, he, and, and so that, I just, that, again, this is all God. This is how he keeps us and how he makes these decisions so that we don't get to wallow in our self-pity or even wallow in our shame that God loves us and he adopted us. So then that next one, adoption, and you think about the word adoption. You know, you, you say, well, um, there was, there was a, a t-shirt that says, like, Southern by, or something by, something by the grace of God, like you were born someplace. Well, you had nothing to do with where you were born. And so the whole idea, we had nothing to do with how we were born. But adoption is someone that has resources, chooses to then go and to bring someone else that does not have resources, Someone that can make a decision, and you think about the adoption of a child, adults have to make that decision for a child who can't make a decision. They're, they're, they're in a position where they're underage, they can't make a decision where they're going to go, or if they're a baby, they can't even make a decision near where they're going to eat. And so there's a, there, if someone, God makes the decision for us because we can't make that decision. Who has the resources in the adoption? The parents do. God has the resources, and we don't. And so the, the, that, that whole idea of adoption is very powerful to me because we don't have the ability to save ourselves. He does. And so that, is, that language of chosen, predestined adoption, to me, is, just very, is very powerful um, and very comforting. And so in verse 7, it says this. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. So the two things there, redeemed and forgiven. We think about redeemed, bought back, repurchased. I think about greenback stamps. Very few of y'all are old enough to know what that is. And I won't even go into that because that even makes sense because you, you spend a lot of money on groceries and then you get the, the stamps and then you go and you get to get something that you might have, you've, you've paid so much more. It's never a good deal, but anyway. This, but the better, the better example of redeemed is in the book of Ruth. Boaz is the family redeemer. He's one of the family redeemers. And the story of what he does is how he, he basically adopts um, Naomi and Ruth and bring them back, brings that, them back in. And what he does is he, he moves outside of his place of comfort. I mean, he's older. He doesn't need to be doing this, taking on this responsibility. But he moves out of this, his place of comfort and he takes the responsibility for others. Does that, that sound somebody we know, like you know? That's Jesus. I mean, Boaz is a great example of redemptive process that God has for us. 
and forgiven, obviously forgiven, is we've done something that we need to be forgiven for. We, we, don't, need to, we don't need to spend a lot of time about that. We, we know we're not innocent. We need, we need God's grace. We need His forgiving grace because we are not innocent. We need to be forgiven. And then we move to the next one. In, in verse 9, it says this. It says, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, that He poured purpose in Christ, as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on the earth. So there's, there's two there, according to his good pleasure. That's why God does this. And then that second part talks about his great plan. Um, but he shares, special, he, he shares his plans with us. You, you've heard that whole idea, well, you're on a need-to-know basis. That's not us. He tells us what his plans are. He shares us with his, what we're going to be a part of. There's no part of that where it's like, well, I'll just tell you when you get there, or just trust me on this. God tells us right here in the rest of the book of Ephesians explicitly what his plans are. Now, are there details and the timing of all of that, how that's going to play out? Those are missing? Yeah. Look, he's the creator of the world. Where's my phone? I don't know how my phone operates. I'm not to be trusted with much more information than what I have right now. So I don't need to know. I don't have to get wound up about when is this going to happen, when's the timing of all this is going to be done. I just need to know he's got a plan. I just need to know how he saved me and how he's changed my life and how I can rely on that because he is faithful. Um, so then this next one, this is, this is um, you know, it's interesting. In verse 11 he says this, In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined, there's that word again, according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, so that we who already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. So again, it's Christ that has done the work, not us. And he's saying it's his, it's his plan to bring praise and glory to him. And so this inheritance piece, I mean, that's the one that's a bit, a bit odd. You don't, you don't normally get an inheritance from someone else. I mean, that's just not the way it goes. It's just a family lineage, you know, like, Maybe you, know, you didn't have any kids. Maybe the rich aunt leaves you something like that. But we're going to get an inheritance. And so when I even think about this, it's like all the other things that, we, that Paul has talked about is that, that kind of identifies us um, and what, we're, what our relationship with God, uh, you know, the, membership, if, uh, the membership benefits, if you will, is this inheritance piece is the not yet. These other things, we will see the goodness of the Lord right now on this earth. We will see that. We will be blessed. We will have people brought in our lives to bless us and for us to bless them. The inheritance piece is the part that's yet to come. That's the, that's the gift of eternal life. That is, at the end of the day, when we have suffered, we are going to be unified with Christ in heaven. And as Will talked about, no more early loss. No more early loss. No more glasses. Um, but that's kind of, that was, you know, I, I do long for the day to not have to wear glasses and to not be colorblind. I think I'm not going to be colorblind in heaven. That's going to be great. Christine won't have to, you know, tell me how awful my my, my what, blue and jeans or white and jeans. That's pretty safe. Um, but our inheritance is what comes later. It's something that we have it's that hope that we have to look forward to. Um, and so this last one sealed in, in paragraph or verse thirteen. Paragraph thirteen. Verse thirteen says this. Again, it starts in Him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. Now, when I think about sealed, it has kind of two ideas. You seal an envelope. You seal the deal. You complete something. 
or you put something in a package, you wrap it up. So there is a comforting feeling about that, about being sealed, being wrapped up, and put into a package. But there's also a part of the seal that is a marking. It's an identification. And so, again, this is, some of you will relate to this. In the old days, they would have TV commercials about commemorative plates that were, have a pictures of the Washington Monument on there, and it would come with a sealed certificate of authenticity. And so, but we do the same thing when we have legal documents, and we need to make sure that this is done right. We do a notary seal to seal that signature that says, yes, this is it. So he seals us, not only as he gathers us together, but he marks us and he identifies us, um, um, and he marks us through Christ, um, that we are to be um, distinct and unique. And so there's that identity that we have as a result of that. And let's not forget the last piece. The last, in verse 14, it says this, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit, as I said in children's sermon, is like, it's the equipping part. It's not, um, hey, go do this. It's like, hey, go do this, and here's, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you an advocate, someone that will tell you how to pray, that will pray for you when you don't know the words. And so if that's the Holy Spirit that he says is like, all of these things that you have, and on, uh, in addition to that, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. So how are we united with Christ? Christ, if we could have the next slide. Well, it said it right there in verse 13. It says, when you believed. That says, like, well, what all these things we got to do? Is it my performance? None of this is your performance. Everything that we talked about was done in him, through him, the blood of Christ, the beloved one. It's all through Christ. It's nothing that we can do to perform. It's none of that. So we have to believe. All right? And then in Romans, it says this. It says, in Romans 10, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you, may, you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So it's believing and openly declaring your faith. And in Ephesians 2, it says this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is the only part of that. None of our performance. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Uh, is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. It's all the work of Jesus, not the work of us. And praise God, when I think about my life, oh, I don't be trusted with any of that. And so praise God that he equips us, he does all of the work for us so that we can be changed. So let's go to the next slide. So when we're talking, we kind of, addressed a little bit about um, the plan that he has. Um, and so in, in, in the verses that we just read, is like we're going to be holy and blameless in love before him. And so Jesus pays the price so that we can be into the inner sanctum, if you will, of, with God. We can be in relationship with him. That's what a part of it was. And then according to his goodwill. And so he does it because he wants to. When you create something, when you have, when you have made something, you can decide whether you, you know, how you want to treat it. But I know when you have, when you have our own kids, or, or you treat them differently than if it was somebody else's kid, which is, I mean, that's just that's a part of what it is. But, but God does this only because he wants to do it, not because he has to do it, not because he's obligated to do it. He does it because he wants to do it. And then again, this last piece is that as a plan for the right time, that we don't know, to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and earth. And then Ephesians also says this, that we are his masterpiece. In, um, in slide three, if you could, please. 
um, in Ephesians um, 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. That's the personal piece. And then it says in Ephesians 3, this is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church, us, to the rulers and authorities of heaven. We are on display. It is how we relate to each other, how we can love God, how we can love each other is on display. It's the church piece. And then in Ephesians 2, and he also says this, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ. So that's that global piece. That's the part that we are a part of a plan. We are part of a cause that goes far beyond what um, we think of as individually. And yet, it is the individual, it is us individually that are the plan. It is us collectively, the church, which is the plan. And that, to me, is just, you know, I love that about the, the inclusivity of that. Um, and that all of this, so the plan is all of this is to bring people together, is to pre bring others into his, into the fold. So it's not like he's got it, he's doing this for a profit. It's not like we do things to get something back. God is doing this for his own glory. He wants to bring everyone. John 3, 16, I believe says, for God so loved the world, it's everyone. So that is the piece that I, I think. And so, so what do we do? So when we have, when, when we are united with Christ and we are brought together as a church, what are we supposed to do? How do we react? Uh, well, in, in Matthew, um, he says this, no one, Jesus said this, no one put lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light for all who are in the house. So God, God says like, I'm gonna, you are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. You are going to be the light of the world. You are gonna show the rest of the world my glory the way you act, the way you treat each other. And again, Jesus says this in Matthew, you're the light of the world, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. And so the way we treat each other, the way we are shown together collectively is, a, is an example and a showcase to draw others to him. Um, and so what is, again, what's the first thing? If you, if you are evaluating this for the first time, you have no clue what Christianity is about. Believe in him. It says it in, in verse 13. Believe that through the death of the, on the cross that Jesus paid the price so that we could be forgiven of our sins, be cleansed, and be united with him, and go and be with God. So that's the first step, believe. Um, and because we believe the Holy Spirit, in verse 14, we talk, he lives with us so that our lives are distinct and are different. And so a question for today is like, well, all right, so if you profess to be a Christian, if you profess to believe, profess to have the Holy Spirit in you, um, how do others know that? Think about this. Not all the answers. I'm asking you to do that. But how? What are you famous for? When people think about you know um, you, if you, you just want to think reflectively about how is your life distinct and how are we displaying God's masterpiece? So I'm getting ready for the next slide. This might get emotional about this too. Um, so a group of us went up to Asheville. I don't know a couple of months ago for Jeremy. He's not here today. I wish Chris, but Christy was there. And we went up there for a reason. We went up there because our friend Jeremy had some uh, long-standing court matters that pre uh, were pre him becoming a believer. 
And so a group of us went up there to just to speak on his behalf. And so the first thing you got to think of is like, that's distinct. Uh, Jeremy and Christy, that their lives as believers are distinct enough that other people would say, I'm going to go take a day off of work to go and speak for him. All right, that, to me, that's, that's distinct. Um, and, that, and then the question is, would, would other people do that for you? But we went up there, and we were distinct as a group. As we walked into that courthouse, uh, we, start, we, we ran into a guy, and just, we just started, uh, Benny had his How Can I Pray For You shirt on, and immediately someone latched onto us and started talking about it. And we prayed with this person who was there for his daughter um, in, in the middle of the courtroom, or in the courthouse, before we, right to, we went through um, security. And then we were in the courthouse, we all sat together, and there was a lot of tension about whether or not we were going to get reached. Um, there was the uncertainty of how a judge might rule, and I, I remember weeks in advance, um, standing outside in between the education building and the church and talking to Jeremy about that and the confidence in his voice. Uh, the most, the, the things that could happen and the confidence that God had him. And that no matter what the judge ruled, that he knew that, that this church as a family were going to take care of his family and that it was going to be okay. It was, that distinct is incredible. And so we were in that courtroom, and the, the whole idea whether or not we were going to get reached, we have to come back, all came up. But we got reached, um, and we, everyone stood up, and, and when the court asked about that. And what we found out later from the attorney, so his attorney is not a believer, but she was profoundly stirred by what she saw, These, of, of this group of people that were there on behalf of, of him. And, 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 and what we learned later was like we were the talk of the court. Not we. The collection of us together being there for someone was the talk of the courthouse for the rest of that week. Uh, you, we sat in there. We heard uh, just horrible things that had happened, things that, people that, had, things that other people had done. And it, it, was, it, was, it was depressing. But throughout the rest of that week, it was like the, 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 the court staff and the attorneys were talking about that group of people that came from this church. And as we even walked downtown, so, so afterwards, oh, the picture's up. Oh, good. So, so, so afterwards, we're walking through, and so when this happened, we're on cloud nine. We got, a good, we got exactly what we, we were hoping that would happen, and we are walking through downtown Asheville, and we come to this restaurant. We took this restaurant over, um, and we walked in, and we sat down, and we're just talking. Um, and a waiter was like, y'all a church? Y'all go to the same church? It's like, how did he know that? How did, how did he have that? And it, but it did lead to a, a, a very good conversation about him, him growing up at church and church camp and things like that. And we took this picture afterwards. Um, but there was, there was a glow about us. And I hate to say that because I was there. But I mean, there was a glow about the group. And so that was being a light. That was being distinct. And here's the thing. This is one that was that I'm reminded of, but there are other things that happen um, in this church, the way people reach out for each other, when we take care of each other, how we are a light for this community. Um, that's how we're supposed to, that God, this is what he wants us to do. This is an example of God's great plan of bringing uh, all things in heaven and earth together. It's for us to be distinct and to be on display to show his grace and glory. Because we didn't sit there and take credit for any of that. James, when we were there sitting in that restaurant, we didn't take credit for that. We gave glory to God for that. 
And so it, it, we don't know the seeds that were planted that day. We have no clue about that. And that's the thing is, as we walk around just in our day-to-day life, we have no idea the impact we're going to have on people. And so I know there's many times that I do not act appropriate, and I, and I, 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 I regret that. But I do have an idea that when, when we are out and we are kind to people, when we are in church here and we greet a new faith, that we're going to do things that make us distinct that would be inviting to draw other people to Christ um, so that, that they can have the same. The whole idea is to show God's glory and to bring people to his word. So again, what, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to believe. That's what we're going to do. We don't, we're not going to just believe and go, well, I've said a prayer and I'm out of here. We're going to dive into God's word. And I would say, I'm kind of partial to Ephesians. The book of John is a great one too. Um, join a growth group. Um, read through the book of John or Ephesians and then, and then sit down with other believers and talk about what it means. We have right now media. It's available to everyone here. You can download it on your app. If you have questions about predestination, John Piper has a great series, very entertaining, but incredibly powerful um, that he talks about predestination. But there's every conceivable, you know, from low level to very high level things that you can dive into God's Word uh, and with just amazing ways that we have the abilities to get um, media, whether we're driving to work uh, or we're sitting at our computer or we can throw it up on our, on our, on our TV screen at home. It's amazing. Um, ask how you can pray for someone, then go do it. Don't just say, well, I'll pray for you. Let's pray and then, then ask them, hey, we, we, we talked about this. This is a need that you have. What, what's, what's the update on that? So that's, that's something we can do. Help in children's ministry. Apparently, we need some help for the leopards, the five and the seven-year-olds. Uh, but God has a plan for us collectively um, as a church to be that light on the hill. And all the things that Paul talked about of us being chosen, predestined, blessed, an inheritance and all, it comes with a, it comes with a responsibility. We are not to just sit at home and just, here's our, 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 my glory with God. It's just so personal to me. He gives us a mission. And so there's, other, there's many ways to do that. If you have questions about that, if you have questions about what it means to believe, there's people who will be people up front that will be happy to talk to you about that. Um, but the idea of what can you do, what's the step that you can do to go and be distinct, let, let's talk. There's, there's plenty of that. And let's, and let's I'd say this too, is that um, don't, I would submit to you that you should not go look for a way to serve God that fits into your convenience schedule, conveniently into your schedule. Um, look for a need and just go do it. Um, like tithing to the church. Um, tithe to the church. See if you don't die. Just that, that's, that's a Bill White thing. I, and the Delta know that. It's like, just, just get, give a little bit of yourself and just see if God doesn't show up. Because um, he will. That's the thing, is that he will. The, all of the resources that we have come from him anyway. And so we can give, we can give those away. And, and the part of that is the blessing. Uh, part of that is the inheritance. The part of that is, is being united with him. Um, and so we, we're united with Christ when we believe. We are collectively together, brought together as a church, um, because God has a plan for us, and that plan is cosmic. I almost didn't want to say cosmic, but it says that in the NLT version, it's his part of his cosmic plan. And there's something about cosmic just sound, it's, is it otherworldly? It is. But it just sounds kind of, I don't know, just, well, it just sounds big to me. Um, but that's it. We are a part of a great, uh, larger plan 
um, that God has to, to bring all of this, all the world, heaven and earth, um, uh, under the authority of Jesus. And praise God for that. So let, let's, let's, let's pray. Um, Lord, we're, we're grateful. Grateful the gifts that you give us. We're grateful how you equip us with your Holy Spirit um, and how you gather us together and how we mutually support each other and how you have someone that we need to talk to um, and you may think that you need to talk to them because of the great things that you're going to do for them and come to realize the things that, that we need to do for, um, for, they can do for us. And Lord, let us keep our hearts and minds open for that. Help us be courageous in that, um, that we would, we would uh, move out of our comfort um, and follow you, of how we can explore the ideas of being a light. Um, and I ask that you show us your li- unlimitless love, grace, and mercy, and we're doing that. And give us courage in all of the things that we do, because we know that what we are doing is through him, the blood of Christ that was spilled for us, so that we could be together with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.